from Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. We are going to begin our reading at verse 45 of this chapter and then read through verse 54. Matthew 7, beginning at verse 45. What we hear now is God's word. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnal to page 862 in the back section. Page 862, this is the Belgic Confession of Faith, and this morning we're going to read Article 20 of the Confession. Reading from page 862, Article 20, entitled, The Justice and Mercy of God in Christ. We believe that God, who is perfectly merciful and also very just, sent his Son to assume the nature in which the disobedience had been committed, in order to bear in it the punishment of sin by his most bitter passion and death. So God made known his justice toward his son, who was charged with our sin, and poured out his goodness and mercy on us, who are guilty and worthy of damnation, giving, us, giving to us his son to die by a most perfect love, and raising him to life for our justification, in order that by him we might have immortality and eternal life. This is our confession of faith. Well, we have been studying the Word of God as it's summarized for us in the Belgian Confession and looking at the person and work of Jesus Christ. We have seen that He is and remains true and eternal God. We have seen that, that He took to Himself real flesh and blood. He became incarnate. We talked last time about his two natures, that he was truly human and he was also truly divine. 
And he had to be both to accomplish the work of salvation. This morning, we have read once again the familiar story of the crucifixion. And in the crucifixion, we see a manifestation of God's justice and God's mercy in the death of Jesus Christ. God's justice and mercy. We often want to drive a wedge between those two as if they're two different things. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. And yet in Jesus Christ, we see these two things coming together so beautifully. The justice and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. This past week in Vacation Bible School, the the kids heard about Jonah. And we see there also God's justice and mercy. They heard the story of a sailor, also God's justice and mercy. But we see it so clearly. So clearly in the crucifixion. Where God's justice and mercy work in perfect concert in his actions toward his son Jesus Christ and the blessing that that is for us. The justice and mercy of God in Christ. We have to remind ourselves of of the nature of where that justice came from. We've talked about the creation of man. That man was created by God perfect. Man was created without sin. Man was created with a free will. Man could choose to obey God, or he could choose to disobey God. A completely free will. And in the Garden of Eden, God gave man all kinds of blessings. He was told, you can eat of any tree of the garden, but there's one tree in the midst of the garden of which you shall not eat. God, as it were, gave man the opportunity to demonstrate his love and his obedience. Man had the opportunity to freely choose to obey God and show God his love and show God his obedience. That is not what Adam and Eve chose to do. Rather, they freely chose to disobey God. They freely chose to do what he had not commanded. And as a result, both them and all of us are fallen and sinful men and women. And there is no lack of justice there. God had said, don't do this, and they freely did it. And so he holds them accountable. That is absolutely, perfectly just. For God to hold man accountable, he had told him what to do, and man disobeyed. God had said, in the day you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Death is the consequence of sin. And and it's a reminder that all sin is ultimately against God, which is why the penalty is so strong. Death is the punishment for sin. And we see that not only in the Garden of Eden, but throughout the Scriptures. We see that in Genesis 2, where God gives the instruction. We see that in in Psalm 5, 
where we read, You are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors bloodthirsty and deceitful men. God's absolute justice in giving a punishment. On the day you eat of it, you will surely die. We read about that in Ezekiel. The soul that sins shall die. We read about that again in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, Paul says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. Death is the just consequence of our sin. The wages of sin is death. And we have seen that pictured throughout the Old Testament in the sacrificial system. Kids, they would kill animals to make sacrifice for their sin because death was the consequence. The, the fact of man's sin, created perfect, chose to sin, leads to punishment and judgment. And we say that it's not a very happy message. That seems kind of harsh. After all, is our sin <clears throat> really that big of a deal? We have a tendency to excuse our sin. We say, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. Uh, that's just the way I am. That's just, it's a character flaw that I have. We say, my sin, my sin, we don't use that word, but we say, it's a lifestyle choice I have made. We, we cover our sin. We, we couch our sin in other terms. Rather than acknowledging our pride, our anger, our lust, our greed, our envy, these are all offenses against a holy God. Sin, even the word sin, has become used as a, as a punchline for a joke on the latest sitcom. It's, it, it, it's a throwback to an old Puritan age where you couldn't do anything. We have to get God's perspective on sin. God is holy. Absolutely holy. He is thrice holy. The angels before him say, holy, holy, holy. The only attribute of our God repeated three times in a row. He is holy, holy, holy. His eyes are too pure to look upon sin. Our sin is an offense against him. And that is why in Matthew 27, we see Christ going to the cross. Christ, in his humanity, suffering for the sins of mankind because God is absolutely just. God will not punish any other creature for the sins of mankind, but he will punish one who is truly human. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is truly human that God's justice might be satisfied. We see the events surrounding the crucifixion. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. When it should have been light, there was darkness. The darkness of God's anger, the darkness of God's wrath that would be poured out upon Jesus Christ. We read in verse 46, 
And about uh, verse 47, he's, verse 46, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is forsaken by God. That is the, the just punishment for sin. That forsakenness leads to his death. He cries out in verse 50, he cries out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. God's just punishment against humanity for the sins of humanity. In fact, notice in, in, in verse 46, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God. This is the only time in the Synoptic Gospels where Jesus doesn't refer to God as his Father. He is there, we might say, not as Son of God, he is there as Son of Man. My God, why have you forsaken me? The absolute justice of God in punishing human nature for the sins of mankind. That's God's strict justice. But we also see in this crucifixion not only the strict justice of God, but we see the great mercy of God. Children, Christ is here dying for the sins of humanity. But, but Jesus never sinned. Jesus didn't have any sin. In fact, Jesus was perfect in everything that he did. Why? Why is he dying on the cross? Why is God's wrath and anger and judgment being poured out on him? He didn't do anything wrong. He is there taking the just, strict justice of God as an expression of God's great mercy toward us. He took our sin upon himself and paid the price of that sin on the cross. That's what our confession talks about. We believe that God, who is perfectly merciful and also very just, sent his son to assume the nature, human nature, in which the disobedience had been committed in order to bear in it, human nature, the punishment of sin by his most bitter passion and death. So God made known his justice toward his son who was charged with our sin and poured out his goodness and mercy on us. God made known his justice toward his son charged with our sin and poured out his goodness and his mercy on us. That's why Jesus was there, kids. Not because of any sin he committed, but he was there for your sin. And he was there for my sin. He was there for, for our harsh words when we are angry, when we are short with someone and, 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 and our words get away from us. He's there for those harsh words. He, he is there for our inappropriate thoughts. 
He is there for our wicked actions, our sins. Even the sins we have committed against Him already this morning, He is there taking those sins upon Himself, experiencing the absolute strict justice of God that we might receive His amazing and extreme mercy. He was forsaken. We are not. The wrath of God poured out on Him, but not on us. He died that we might live. And we see that that beautiful reality pictured already at the crucifixion. We have this, this strange part of the story in verse 51. Begins there. Behold, the curtain of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Many bodies were raised. We see already in the crucifixion life coming from death. Now, I I, I certainly cannot explain exactly how that took place and who these people were who then went into the holy city and appeared to many I certainly can't explain that. But I can see the beauty of the picture. The dead being brought to life. That's the beauty of God's grace, of His mercy. The dead being brought to life. And and God continues to do that same work today. Oh, we don't go to the graveyard and see bodies coming up out of the ground, but we see something just as amazing We see hearts that are cold and dead to the things of the Lord being brought to life by the power of the Spirit of God when they embrace the truth of Jesus Christ and His crucifixion and His resurrection. That is just as amazing as a body rising up out of the dead. Amazing. Miraculous. This is what was, what was pictured here already in the crucifixion. That life comes to those who were dead. We have this, this glorious confession at the end here, verse 54. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what had taken place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. They made a confession far far beyond what they knew. Truly, this was the Son of God. They confessed the truth of who Jesus Christ was. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, have we made that confession? Have we confessed the truth of Jesus Christ? That He was there on the cross to take the full wrath of God in God's strict justice. But He did all of that that we might experience the extreme mercy. Our sins laid upon Christ and His righteousness given to us. 
have we confessed that truth? Have you embraced that Jesus Christ? Because, because notice what it says about those who had fallen asleep. The Bible never gives us anything extra. Everything there is for our instruction. It says, and the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were resurrected. This is not a general resurrection. The bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. As a reminder, it is only those who are found in Jesus Christ who have this hope. It is only those who are found in Him who have this comfort, this assurance for life now and life to come. It's the bodies of the saints that are raised. A picture of the same reality that is ours today. The justice and the mercy of God. He is just. He is right. He would be absolutely just to condemn us for our sins. And that punishment would be death. Death now and death eternally. But God is not only just. He is also merciful. He is also loving and kind toward all who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The justice laid upon Christ and the mercy given to us that we might have life from death both now and forever. We praise God for the justice and mercy He demonstrates in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we know that you are perfect in all that you are. All of your attributes are perfect. You are perfectly loving. You are perfectly righteous. You are perfectly merciful. You are perfectly just. May we never, O God, play these things against each other, but recognize your revelation in Scripture that they come to a head, they come to a point in your Son, Jesus Christ, and in his crucifixion and his resurrection. Thank you, O God, that you did not pour your wrath out upon us, although you would have been just to do so. For no one, no one could stand against your wrath. Thank you that in your mercy, Jesus took that full judgment for us, and we have received grace and mercy and love and compassion. May we never tire, Lord God, of hearing that wonderful truth. May we never tire of sharing that wonderful truth with those around us. And help us, Lord God, to leave here today living in light of your amazing mercy and grace which we see in our lives. Accept our praise, O God. For Jesus' sake, amen. We're going to turn to number 341 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Number 341, alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. We're going to sing all five verses, number 341. Let's stand together as we sing.
receive the parting blessing of our God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.